if we can to the reading of God's Word. John 16, verse 12 through 16. Right? John 16. We looked at 7 through 10. 7 through 10, 7 through 11 out of John 16. Let's look at verse number 12 here. It says, I have, Jesus says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when He, look at how the Holy Spirit is described here, the Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you, look at this, into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me. For He shall receive of Mine and, will, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are Mine. Therefore said I, that He shall take of Mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see Me. And again a little while and you shall see Me. Because I go to the Father. We know there's coming a day where Jesus is coming back to get us. That's going to be a great day. I'd be okay if that was today. Amen? That'd be fantastic. There's coming a day where Jesus comes back to get us. In the interim, between His ascension and His, um, uh, his uh, our rapture, we know the Holy Spirit is here and uh, His purpose is to help us. So we're going to look at this sermon title or Bible study title, The Holy Spirit, Our Instructor. He instructs us, and we see there that He is called the Spirit of Truth, and He leads us into all truth. Let's pray together. Thank You, Lord, for the Bible. Thank You that not only do we have a a perfect book, but we have a perfect God and a perfect Holy Spirit who can teach us this book and lead us and guide us into all truth. So as we look at that tonight, I pray, God, that You'd help me, uh, Lord, to convey the things that will help uh, each one here. Lord God, this is not about the pastor. It's not about uh, the, the speaker. It's about the Word of God and truth. And so, Lord God, help me to guide everyone here toward truth. Spirit of truth, would you certify what I'm saying that's right? And Lord God, help each one to be able to discern if I say anything that's wrong. And Lord God, you guide us into truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You ever been faced with a problem and you didn't know what to do? You ever had that happen? Maybe even had that happen today. What do I do? Alright? Have you ever wanted someone to come along your side who was experienced and just explain to you how to get it done? You ever wanted that? You got a problem... And you think, man, if I could just have the right person who knew what they were doing come along, they could show me exactly how to handle this, and the problem would be solved. What do you think the purpose of the Holy Spirit is? He is to come alongside of us and help us when we don't know what to do. Now, the word uh, translated comforter in John chapter 14 and John 16, the word translated comforter is the word paraclete. Paraclete. Now, the word paraclete has three meanings. And uh, the translators who translated the Bible into English, they had a lot of work to do. They had healthy discussion deciding which word to use where. Right? That same word paraclete in some places in the King James Bible is translated as comforter. In other places, it's translated as spirit of truth. Why? Because the word paraclete is a multi-dimensional word. The word paraclete has three meanings. It means this. It means lawyer or advocate. It means instructor or teacher. 
and it means comforter. Comforter. So, uh, we can see throughout our study in the New Testament of the Holy Spirit how that sometimes the Holy Spirit acts as our lawyer, other times He acts as our instructor, and other times yet He acts as our comforter. He fills all three roles. Now listen, all three of these are an ocean of goodness that can be explored for a very long time. Life is hard to navigate. Amen? Life is hard to navigate. Sometimes I can't even figure out how to match my clothes, much less how to deal with what's going on outside my door. Life is hard to navigate. Without being able to know the future, there is no way to know how today's decisions will affect tomorrow and beyond. How many of, how many of you have heard of the term unintended consequence? Are you familiar with the term unintended consequence? I've become very familiar with that term since I've become the senior pastor of White Oak Baptist Church. I'll make a change, and I don't think all... I, I do now, but I used to not think all the way through it, and I'd make a change, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, we've got to deal with this over here now. We've created a problem. We tried to make a solution, and instead we've just created four other problems. And so, unintended consequences, life is full of challenges, and we must be careful when we make choices uh, to know that the Spirit of God is going to guide us. The truth is... Uh, no, no more, uh, no matter how much confidence you have or how much confidence you lack, we all need a life instructor. We all need someone to guide us. Someone who will tell us when we have done things the right way and when we have done things the wrong way. Someone who will help us know between good, better, and best. You have three job offers. And you look at the pros and cons on each one, and you think, which one should I take? One is good, one is better, one is best. You need someone to help guide you through those times. I've had three ministry leaders asking me to help in their ministry at the same time on a Sunday. Which way do I go? And we need the Spirit of Truth to help guide us in these decision-making, someone uh, decisions that we must make. Someone who will teach us where to go with our life. Uh, someone who will teach us not only where to go, but how to get there. And how to do our best all along the way. If God would leave heaven and come down in the form of a floating cloud, and God in that cloud would follow me everywhere I go, and then audibly tell me exactly what to do, and tell me where to go, then I think I would never make another mistake again. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great to be followed around by a cloud and have an audible voice tell you exactly what to do? And sort of, you know, correct you when you got it wrong? You say, well, pastor, that's obviously not going to happen. And you're right, it's not. God does not follow us around in a floating cloud. But if you're saved, He does live inside of your heart. He does not speak to us audibly, but He does lead us and guide us from within. We must choose to tune our hearts to His leading. I would ask you tonight, do you know what it is like to have the Spirit of God move you in a particular direction? Do you know what that is like? Um, the hour is short, and so I'm going to share this illustration quickly and then get into the notes. Uh, April 7th, 2018. I just shared this story with someone on Monday. 
April 7th, 2018 was the day before I turned 30 years old in the Lord. My spiritual birthday is April 8th, 1988. And so 2018, I would have been 30 years old in the Lord. The day before I turned 30 in the Lord, my wife had set up a date at Home Depot for our kids to go and do a child's project in the aisle. Anybody here ever taken their kid to do that? You all know what I'm talking about. Handful, you know what I'm talking about there. I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. But she had another obligation and she had set it up. And she said, you need to do it. And so uh, she pushed me. And so Saturday morning, prior to coming here for church soul winning, I took the kids to Home Depot and they were building birdhouses. So there we are. I'm helping April nail the nails down into the birdhouse. And we got them all set up. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, I got my cup of coffee in my hand. And I'm just wanting to relax. I, you know, don't want to be pastor at the time. I just want to be dad. And my April's over there painting her her birdhouse pink and green and all kinds of crazy colors. I think she was seven years old at the time. And um, all of a sudden, uh, I'm standing there in a bad mood, and something inside of me, the Holy Spirit, says to me, "See that guy over there?" And I'm just, yeah, okay. Go talk to him. And I said, I don't want to talk to him. Uh, you know, I'm a pastor all the time. Can I have a break once, please? I, I don't want to talk to him. And again, there's a prodding inside of my heart. Go talk to him. So, to take the long story and make it a little bit shorter, I went over and I talked to him. After being pushed two or three times. You say, well, did you witness to him? Nope. You say, did you... Um, did you eloquently expound the Scriptures to him? Nope. We talked about his truck. We talked about his work. He'd been in the military. We talked about that. I think he'd been in a fire department for a little while. We talked about that. And at the very end of the conversation, when the birdhouses were painted and it was time to go, I looked at him and I said, By the way, I'm the pastor of White Oak Baptist Church down in Stratford. I'd love to invite you sometime. He said, Oh, where's that? I told him a little bit about the church. Shame on me. I didn't have an invitation on me to give him uh, or anything of the sort. But I told him about the church and I left. Well... His daughter, who had been on the other side of the space, well out of earshot, comes up to him. Well, let me back up. Sunday morning is my spiritual birthday. I turn 30. Monday morning, I go into the office and I pick up the phone. I get emotional sometimes when I tell the story because this is just how God works. He left a voicemail on my office phone. He looked our church up online and found the number and it dialed through and found my, my office phone. He left me about a five-minute voicemail. He said, after you left the Home Depot, my daughter, who was on the other side of the space and could not hear our conversation, she said, she's probably eight years old. She walked over to me and she said, Dad, was that man a pastor? He said, I looked at her very perplexed. How could have she known that? I knew she didn't hear a conversation. He said, I just looked at her and I said, indeed he was. He said, my daughter just looked up at me and said, see dad, there is a God. He said, my wife has been trying to get me to go to church for a long time. And I've always made an excuse for why I can't go. I've never showed any interest. He said, yesterday, this would have been my spiritual birthday. He said, yesterday, I got up and I got dressed. And for the first time ever, I went to church with my family. He said, at the end of the service, I walked down to the front and I told the pastor I wanted to know more about how to go to heaven. 
He said, yesterday I gave my heart to Jesus and I got saved. The Spirit of God did not tell me to go witness to Him. The Spirit of God told me to go talk to Him. And you see, if I had neglected that calling, that man may have never gone to church. Do you know what it sounds like? Do you know what it's like when the Spirit of God moves within your spirit and pushes you to do something? The Spirit of God is our teacher. He is the Spirit of truth. He leads us and He guides us into all truth. This evening, I want us to turn our attention to His role as our instructor and teacher. Let's jump right in and see three ways the Holy Spirit desires to be our paraclete, our instructor. Number one, He instructs us on where to go. He instructs us on where to go. Most, uh, more people lack real understanding about the where of God's will than almost anything else. Pastor, I have this job offer in another state. Should I take it? Pastor, I want to go to college and I've been accepted in a few places. Where should I go? The where of God's will is uh, an impossible thing for a Christian to figure out on his own. We need the Holy Ghost who lives inside of us to instruct us as to where to go. This also applies to which way you take to work and where you go shopping and where you eat a meal and where you go on vacation. Does God care about these things? Yes, He does. Yes, He does care. He cares deeply about these things. If He wants to guide you in the wares of life, I always go to the same gas station. I get gas at the same pump, and uh, you know I get irritated if the pump's out of paper, and I got to go in and get a receipt. And, and, and don't bother me. I have my schedule. I get groceries at the same place at the same. We're creatures of habit. But did you ever know sometimes the Spirit of Truth may want to lead you in a different way because He has someone He wants you to meet. He has someone He wants you to know. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let the Bible provide the proof about how the Spirit of God leads us into decisions. Uh, let me walk you through some verses here. Matthew 4, 1, the Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Spirit of truth is leading Jesus in the where. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Look here. He hath sent me. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. The Holy Spirit instructed Philip to go to an odd place. Acts 8.29 Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. Acts 8.39 And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. The Holy Spirit instructed Paul not to travel to Bithynia. Acts 16.7-9 And then were, uh, were come to Mysia they uh, uh, say to go in to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysa came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The Holy Spirit uh, spoke through other believers and discouraged Paul from going back to Jerusalem. Acts 21.4 And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up 
to Jerusalem. But pastor, does God still lead the average Christian? You say, I'm no Paul, and I'm no Jesus, or I'm no Philip. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you a child of God? Raise your hand if you're a child of God tonight. Then you know what? The Spirit of God seeks to instruct you by leading you where it is He wants you to go. Are you even aware of that? Are you, are you even uh, a clue in it all that the Spirit of God is trying to lead you and guide you throughout your day? Where you go, who you speak with, who you interact with. Number one, He instructs us on where to go. Number two, He instructs us on what to know. He instructs us on what to know. Turn over to 1 John chapter 2 for me in your Bibles. A grave mistake that is made throughout Christianity is that they rely on human beings to teach them the truth. Let me repeat that statement. I don't think most pastors are willing to say what I just said. A grave mistake that is made throughout Christianity is that they rely on human beings to teach them truth. Let me be very clear. If you rely on me to teach you the Bible, you are learning truth the wrong way. That's what most people do when they come to this church. They sit there and say, well, Pastor Lejeune said, hey, listen, I'm a flawed human being. When I get to heaven, there's some doctrine of mine the Lord is going to straighten out. I'm talking about a doctrine I'm very confident on. And you say, well, yeah, he ain't going to straighten me out. Well, you're, he's going to straighten you out on your doctrine and on your arrogance. No, none of us have it all figured out. And I'm going to stand up here and say some things, and you better be walking with the Lord so the Spirit of truth can guide you. Look at 1 John 2.27. Look here what it says. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. This is speaking of the Holy Spirit. If you want a greater context, read the rest of the verses around it. And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now, we know from other passages that God gives us bishops, elders, or pastors. And we know that God has given some the spiritual gift of teaching. Look at 1 Corinthians 11 and 12 if you don't understand that. How does all this work together? God can use a pastor or a teacher as a tool to explain truth, but it is the Holy Spirit that confirms that truth in our hearts. We need the Holy Spirit to confirm whether that is truth or error. Why? Because the very nature of the Spirit of God is truth. Letter A, His title is truth. His title is truth. John 14, verse 17, Even the paraclete spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. John 15, 26, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, his title is truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So, listen, it... My title is not Pastor of Truth. Alright? I wish I was perfect in everything I said. I wish everything I said was factually uh, er, uh, accurate. 
we live in a day and age of smartphones and uh, internet connection. And if I say something that is factually inaccurate and you want to fact check me, you can do so and probably catch me saying some things occasionally that are not accurate. It's never intentional, but I'm sure it happens. You know what? The Spirit of Truth is never, ever, ever going to tell you something that's wrong. His title is truth, letter B. He teaches us truth. He teaches us truth. Look at John 16 where we began tonight. John 16. Look at verse 13. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come... It's not just enough to give us the title. There's a deeper explanation here Jesus gives us in John 16. He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, for He will show you things to come. So what kind of truths does He teach us? Turn over to 1 Corinthians 2. He teaches us how to discern the carnal and the spiritual both in ourselves and in those around us. The carnal from the spiritual. The carnal from the spiritual. Not only will you be able to identify carnal activity and spiritual activity within your own self, you'll be able to identify it in the world around you. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, look at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor uh, neither entered into the heart of man the thing which God hath prepared for them, that love Him, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For a man knoweth, for, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man uh, which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's, uh, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with the whole, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? that He may instruct Him. But we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? Because we have the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to lead us into all truth. He helps us discern the carnal from the spiritual. And by the way, one sign that you're walking with the Lord is you can look at something uh, that might seem benign and you know that's not right. That's not right. Hey, we shouldn't be going there. We shouldn't be participating in that. We shouldn't be entertained by that. We shouldn't be involved in that. And it isn't because your conscience is bent a certain way. No, maybe your conscience wasn't even bent that way growing up. But you're walking with the Lord and the Spirit of truth is leading you and you think, you know what? That's not the behavior I should be involved in. I'm going to walk away from that. That's carnal. That's not spiritual. Turn over to Ephesians 3. He teaches us not only how to discern the carnal and the spiritual, He teaches us the mystery of the gospel, or I'll call it this, the science of salvation. Look at Ephesians 3, look at verse number 1. For this cause, Paul says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how was that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when we read, ye may understand 
my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed, look here, unto His holy apostles and prophets. By who? By the Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that gave uh, Paul an understanding of the Gospel. Okay? And if you think that um, it's wrong to be a dispensationalist, Paul was a dispensationalist. Look at verse 2. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, there it is. All right, uh, but well, here we here we see that it is the Spirit of Truth that leads us and guides us into the knowledge of salvation. Our time is limited here. We see He instructs us on where to go and what to know. Number three, He instructs us on how to grow, on how to grow. Letter A: We grow on purpose. We grow on purpose. Romans eight verse one: There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Listen to this next part of the verse. This part gets walked over or just run past. Listen to this. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Grow on purpose. We make an intentional choice not to obey the flesh, but to be led by the Spirit. That means when you want to yell at your wife, husbands, you don't walk after the flesh. You walk after the Spirit. Ladies, when you want to get on your husband because he leaves his, his undergarments all over the floor, you walk after the Spirit and you leave it alone instead of ripping him in the flesh. And, and when things don't go your way at work or things don't go your way in traffic or things don't go your way in life, you learn to walk by the Spirit and not after the flesh. You grow on purpose. Listen to what Romans 8.13 further down says. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And I don't believe this is talking about dying and going to hell, depending on whether or not you obey the Spirit. Listen, to ignore the Spirit is to ignore life. And to obey the flesh is to walk toward death. Why? Because lust leads to sin, and sin, James 1 tells us, leads to death. The flesh is bent toward death. You know, I talked about Sunday night in my sermon, how I enjoy going out with April and getting a giant ice cream. You know what? If I went out every night and got a giant ice cream and obeyed my flesh in that area, I would just shorten my days on earth because the flesh is bent toward death. Uh, what do we gain when He grows us? Romans chapter 8, verse number 4. When we walk in the Spirit, we walk on purpose in the Spirit, and we grow, we grow on purpose. What do we gain? Uh, the Bible says there that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. What else do we gain when we on purpose allow Him to instruct uh, us in growth? Romans 8.11 But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Without the Spirit's help, my tongue is an instrument of death. Once I mortify my sinful impulses, the Spirit can then take my tongue to speak just the right words that need to be spoken, and I can then edify and build up other people because it's not my flesh ruling over my tongue, but the Spirit of God is ruling over my tongue. When we allow the Holy Spirit to instruct us in how to grow, and we do it on purpose, our sinful flesh becomes a tool instead of righteousness. And if you want to study the, this concept deeper on choosing the Spirit of Truth to guide you on purpose, I would encourage you to study Galatians 5, 22 through 26. So, letter A, we grow on purpose. Letter B, we grow in our purity. We grow in our purity. First Peter 1, verse 22, Seeing ye have purified your souls 
and obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Each day that the Spirit makes us into the image and likeness of God, we become more and more pure. Have you ever had a time in your life where you just stepped back and said, man, I'm filthy. You remember when Isaiah walked in the presence of God and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips? Isaiah 6. I think most Christians lie to themselves so much, they don't really understand how sinful they are. We talked about Sunday morning that beholding our, our self in a glass, and that glass being the glory of God. And then you know what happens when we see ourselves? We realize how impure we are. What happens when we walk in truth and the Spirit of truth guides our lives and helps us to grow? Hey, listen, He leads us into a place of greater purity. I'm going to tell you where most people lose the battle of purity. Right here. Right here. Long before we do something, we talk about it. Long before we talk about something, we think about it. What goes on in the theater of your mind? What kind of thoughts do you have? A lot of people deal with anxiety and discouragement, depression. A lot of people deal with lust and covetousness and all kinds of sinful... You know what those things begin? They begin right here. Right here. We need the Spirit of truth to guide us in our purity. Let her see. Not only in our purity, but in our patience. Galatians 5, 4... Uh, for we through the Spirit wait, wait for the hope of righteousness and truth. This process of learning requires great patience. Holy Spirit wants to be your paraclete, your instructor. Are you trying to be successful at the Christian life through the power of your sinful flesh? Are you trying to walk by your own wisdom through your own life experience to figure out where it is you should go, what you should know, and how you should grow? The old songwriter said, All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One come down. He lives in you, Christian. He's the greatest resource that you could have. He wants to be your lawyer. Are you ignoring His counsel? He wants to be your instructor. Are you avoiding His wisdom? Or are you letting Him lead you into truth? I hope that will give you some things to think about tonight. We ran through a lot of verses. Take the time to go back and look at them and study them. And ask God to help you this week, alright? Let's stand. We'll pray to be sent forth to serve the Lord the rest of the week. Again, Great Commission Saturday is this Saturday. I encourage you to come out and be a part of our soul winning program. We have lots of people that need to be followed up on and loved and reached in a community that needs to be told about Jesus. I encourage you to be out this Saturday, alright? Let's pray. Ask God to bless us. May you be attentive and aware of the Spirit of truth as He's speaking to you this week. Brother Okai, would you close us in prayer?